But tonight it's going to be a little bit more of a study, and the, the subject tonight is this, what is prayer? What is prayer? And uh, I'm not going to take for granted that all of us really understand, and when, when we talk about something, we're talking about it in the realm of the Word of God. Uh, what does the Bible have to say about prayer? And that's where we're going to focus tonight is what is prayer. Now, I love what Spurgeon said, prayer is the slender nerve that moveth the muscles of the omnipotence. Prayer, it's the slender nerve that moves the muscles of the omnipotence. You think about what the psalmist said in Psalm 119, verse 126. Listen to this verse. It is time for thee, Lord, to work. It's time for thee to work, for they have made void thy law. And we understand when you see the word like that used in the Word of God, the word law is referring to the Word of God. Now, the Bible uses words like the law, statutes, the ordinances, and so on, all of it dealing with the Bible, the Word of God. And, and you know, nowadays, people just continue to change and twist and to distort the Word of God. And it's, it's important we understand because as we get into the Word of God, it's in the Word of God that we actually understand what prayer really is. No Christian that is sensitive to God can fail to see that what is needed today is men and women, Christian men and women of prayer. We need to be men and women who, as Spurgeon said there, who can move the muscles of God's omnipotence. Getting a hold of God and, and asking God, beseeching God, trying to get the ear of God so that God will move in our day as he's moved in the past. Notice the quote there by Ian e. Bounds. He said, what the church needs today is not more machinery or better, not new organizations are more and novel methods, but men, and can I say, and women whom the Holy Spirit can use. Men of prayer, men, men that are mighty in prayer, the Holy Spirit does not flow through methods, but through men. He does not come on machinery, but on men. He does not anoint plans, he anoints men, men and women of prayer. And Bounds had it right, you know. And that when I think about what he wrote, this, this matter of prayer and how that we don't need it, and I, I see it a lot of times, uh, you know, pastors trying this and trying that and, you know, tr just the, the fads that come and go. And, you know, a lot of times, I, I, you know, I think to myself, look, if you're going to do that, then what are you going to have to do to get them to come back the next time or to keep them? And a lot of times people are trying... And don't get me wrong, I mean, maybe if there's a way that we can do something better, then certainly I want to do that. And, and we need to understand how important prayer plays into this. And when Bounds wrote this quote that I just read to you, and when Ian Bounds lived in that day, it was, it was a time when most pastors, if I could put it this way, who were in grassroots America, during that time that Bounds wrote that, Pastors, listen, not Christians, pastors believed that the Bible was the Word of God. Now, that sounds crazy, but again, there are some today 
who doubt if it really is God's work. Now, you think about all that's happened since Bounds wrote that. Now, think about this. I'll just name a few, and it won't take you long to figure it out yourself, but how about this? Darwin introduced evolution. Since Bounds wrote that, two men by the name of Westcott and Hort came up with a, a revised Greek text that Satan himself has used to undermine and cause America's faith in the Bible to change. That's, that's why there, listen, there are so many versions of the Word of God today. God is not the author of confusion. But Bounds was saying, look, that's why we need to be men and women of prayer. Because of things like Darwin, Westcott, and Hoard. How about this? German rationalism and modernism have invaded the halls of higher education. It's changed our universities. The truth is, when you go back and you look at some of the universities that began many years ago in our nation, many of them were founded on biblical principles. Some of those universities, Harvard, Dartmouth, uh, some of these Ivy League schools were founded on the principles of the Word of God. You say, Pastor, where are you getting this from? Walk on any one of those campuses because in many of those campuses, it's actually engraved in stone on the edifices and the archways. I've seen it myself. I've been on a few of the campuses. And it's, it's just amazing. It's right there. It's just like in Washington, D.C. You walk around and see so much evidence that we really are a Christian nation. We were founded upon Christian principles. And we think about how all these things have invaded the halls of higher education. How about this? We know that alcohol and, and drugs are fighting for the souls of America. And this is why, like Bounds and others have said, it is so vital that we are men and women of prayer. And we've got to get back on our knees in Bounds Day, just like in our day, I believe that God is calling on Christian men and women to revitalize their prayer closets, to get back to a place of praying. And we, what our nation needs is revival. And without revival, if I could put it this way, without prayer, there will be no revival. And what is true is, is that our nation will be doomed, and according to the Word of God, doomed to hell. Look what the Bible says in Psalm 9:17, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. So what look, what am I saying tonight by way of introduction with this matter of prayer is that prayer is the key to revival. Prayer is the key to revival. Every Christian I think tonight would acknowledge that prayer is essential but also prayer in our lives is lacking. We need to be men and women of prayer. So write it down. What is prayer? What is prayer? Well, the meaning of the word, and you find in the, in the word of God, the, the, this matter of prayer, you find principles in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there are many words that help us understand it. A man by the name of Herbert Lockyer, he suggests that prayer is a direction Towards, In other words, taking a request or a vow or something and to direct it toward God. That's what Lockyer said. 
somebody else said, prayer is nothing more and nothing less than talking with God. Now, a lot of people will use that, that, that description, but the reality is it's not always just us talking. Many times what prayer is, is it's us listening to God. And it is a, a form of communication. When we speak of prayer, we want to emphasize the importance of a constant communion with God. That's why the Bible says, pray without ceasing. It's a constant communion with God. Now, there are ways that we see in the Word of God that are mentioned. We'll look at those tonight, and hopefully they'll still set the stage as we move forward on Wednesday nights. But there are five specific categories, or you could call them classifications of prayer. But I want to look at those tonight, and as we do, I want to use one book in the Bible, or really one individual, that I think was probably the greatest prayer warrior that's in the Word of God, with the only exception being the Lord Jesus Himself. And that one person, anybody want to take a guess? Daniel. Daniel's a great example of what prayer will do in our lives. And so I'm going to use Daniel tonight, many verses from the book of Daniel, but I, I believe that those verses and Daniel's life and his prayer life will help us to understand these classifications of prayer, all right? So here's the first one tonight. What's the first characteristic or classification of prayer in the Word of God? It's the word praise. Praise, write it down. Now, Daniel 2.23 the Bible says, I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who has given me wisdom and might and has made known unto me now what we desired of thee, for thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Here he is, Daniel is praising God because God, look here, God made some things known to him and Daniel was thankful for that. He was praising God. Two chapters later, even Nebuchadnezzar, the king, look what the Bible says. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. And of course, we know that this is in reference to how that, that these Hebrew children, how they prayed to God and they had confidence in God and it so affected even the king. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. There is power in prayer. And we see this in Daniel's life. The word praise, all right? Here's what it means. It involves adoration and thanksgiving without asking. Think about that. It involves adoration and thanksgiving without asking. Whereas when we pray, prayer is, is essentially involving asking. But praise is doing something without asking. You know, sometimes we're kind of like a little kid when we get together with God and we go to God in prayer. It's gimme, 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 gimme. Right? That's the way a lot of people's prayer life is. But see, when's the last time you've praised God? You didn't ask Him for a thing. Now, look, God knows us, does He not? 
God knows what we need before we even ask it, right? But you know, from time to time, it's a good thing to praise God. I have found in years ago, uh, my pastor introduced me to this little book called The One Minute Manager. One Minute Manager. Some of you might want to take note of this little book. It's actually helped me over the years because a lot of times I have to deal with things and, uh, you know, a lot of times it's unpleasant, some of the things you have to deal with. And so what, what he actually suggests in this one minute manager is to always start with the praise. Start with the praise and then move on to whatever it is that you really need to talk to them about. And I'm going to tell you something, it's helped me to try to deal with certain things because it put, the, it put things on the right note. And when it, when it comes to going to God, look, there are times instead of asking God for something, we need to just be like Daniel because we've seen God work. This Sunday, we saw God pouring out his power upon this place and his people were being moved by the, by the message of the song and the presentation and the word of God. Listen, the only thing we can do after that is to praise God from whom all blessings flow, right? So look, Daniel praised God. Praise always involves prayer. Psalm 22, verse 3, look at this. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You know what the psalmist is saying there? He's saying that prayer is about getting together with God in order to talk with him. You know, getting together with God. I think about how important it is for every one of us every day to get alone with God. Now, you know what life tends to do is we stay very busy. And if there's one person that if we're busy that we seem to just move over to the side, it's always God. You know, we've got time to talk to everybody, bill collectors and and family members, and all, all kinds of people. But when's the last time you just praised God for who He was and for what God is doing in your life? Look, anyone would want to commune with God must approach His throne. And when you're going to come before God on His throne, there's only way, one way to approach Him, and that is to come before Him with praise. Look at the, the Bible says in First Chronicles 16, "'Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name.'" Bring an offering. What kind of offering? An offering of praise. Uh, bring something that is sweet to the ears of Almighty God. And when we look in the Word of God and we think about prayer, the first classification of prayer is this matter of where we don't even really ask, we just praise God. If you ever notice on Wednesday nights, I'll always say, does anybody have a prayer request or a praise? I, I love to hear and again, listen, we need to take those prayer requests because we need to lift one another up in prayer. But isn't it good from time to time when somebody gives a praise? It's awesome when you think about that. And we need to, we need to understand that part of prayer is beginning with this word praise. But look, at here's another classification. Number two is petition. This is another one of those words that we find in the Bible, even in the book of Daniel, when we think of prayer is this matter of petition. Now, look at Daniel 6, 7. The Bible says, All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute 
and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now we know that this was the wicked plot behind those that really didn't like Daniel, that wanted to see Daniel done away with, but we see this matter of petition being mentioned. Now, in that same chapter, a couple of verses later, look what it says in verse 12. And when they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree, because remember, the king granted their, their, their decree. It says, Hast thou not signed a decree that every man shall ask any, any petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions, and the king answered and said, the thing is true. In other words, I did sign that. I did put it into law. And it says here, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. You can't change it. You can't overthrow it. But it says, then answered they. Here's these people with the evil intent against Daniel. And the Bible says, they said this before the king, that Daniel, you know the one that we're talking about, king? Daniel. The Bible says, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition, how many times a day? Three times a day. Now, I love that story because, you know, look, no one was going to stop Daniel from having a prayer life. No one was going to stop Daniel from having a time where he actually talked with God, where he made his petition to God. And, and by the way, Daniel was a man that was very predictable. If you study the book, they knew exactly where he would be, and they knew exactly when he would be praying. You know, And that just tells me, and maybe it tells you, that maybe you look at your schedule, maybe the time you leave for work, or maybe the time you get home from work, or maybe you're on break at work, or whatever it is, that, listen, if there's a time of the day that you can get alone with God and make your petition to God, then that needs to become your time where you can get alone with God. Daniel made his petition. See, to petition is to request or ask, but listen, it's not in a general, vague, or careless manner. It's a formal request. Now think about that. A lot of times when we pray, we pray something like this, God, please, please bless America. Well, that's pretty vague, isn't it? But when you start to pray, Lord, please bless and please save our president. You know, you start praying specifics, formal requests. I have to believe when Daniel prayed, he didn't pray these vague prayers. He prayed very specifically. He, he let his request, the things that he was asking. The Bible says, you have not, why? Because you ask not. And David, Daniel understood what it meant to ask God. Now again, does God answer all of our prayers? No, God answers according to His will. But again, we must come. And by the way, when we come and we keep coming to God, the Bible says that if we seeketh, if we asketh, 
if we knocketh, and by the way, I love the wording of the Word of God. It's talking about a repetition. We keep asking, and you keep asking. You know, if you want something bad enough, you're not going to ask for it one time. You know, if you've got a loved one that, that's on death's door, or if you've got something that is very dear to you, you're not going to ask God one time for that. You're going to continue. Look, do you remember the days if you're, if you're like me when your children were little and they just kept asking you the same thing over and over again, and then as a dad or as a parent, you're like, okay, fine. You know, you finally grant their request. And you know what it means to God when we continue to ask that we're serious about it? Daniel prayed three times a day. He petitioned God. When, when, they were, when he was told, listen, we can't petition anybody except for the king, Daniel says, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't, I don't pray to a king. I don't petition a king. I pray to the king of kings is what, what Daniel is saying. And so look, when I think about prayer, what are we talking about? We're talking about praising God, but we're also talking about, and, and the word of God talks about petitioning God. Look at the third category that I see when it comes to prayer. Write the word down, supplication. The Bible mentions this word, supplication, uh, in the book of Daniel, chapter 6, again, in verse number 11, the Bible talks about these men. They were assembled and they found Daniel. What was he doing? Praying and making what? Supplication before his God. Chapter number 9 in the book of Daniel. Now, therefore, O our God... Hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O oh my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. Now here's what Daniel's saying there. He's saying, again, we find ourselves looking into the word of God. Folks, you see this a lot. If you study the word of God, you find that the two words, prayer and the word supplication, many times are used together. Prayer and supplication. And here you find it in the book of Daniel. Supplication speaks to the earnestness of the request, the entreaty that you're making before God, that this is an earnest request. It is something dear to your heart. And somebody said that it carries with it the dual ideas. Now, this, this really helped me to understand supplicating God, all right? Here's what it means. It has the idea of begging with such intensity that the beggar is made sick or weak from the exercise. In other words, you're just, you're constantly coming before God, making your supplication before God. You're begging God to do something, to work in someone's life, to heal someone, and you're doing it so much, you're begging God so much that it, you actually get to the place where you're making yourself weak by doing it. That's one aspect of it. Now listen to the other part. The second part is that you're earnestly reaching out with pleasing entreaties to solicit the favor of God. 
you're, you are reaching out. In other words, you're soliciting God. It makes me think about, listen, you remember when Jesus was on this earth and he was walking around and there were people like Zacchaeus and others that when they heard that Jesus was coming by, and you remember how people told the two blind men, hey, listen, you need to be quiet, pipe down, leave Jesus alone. And what did they do? They cried out the more. That's exactly what it's talking about here, is making our prayers and our supplications. It's begging God with intensity. Now listen, folks, again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, and if it sounds foreign to you, then you're probably like most people, you might need to do a checkup on your prayer life. Because if it's something serious to you, you will beg God. And you'll do it so much that it'll make you weak because you're going to God so much with whatever your prayer and supplication is. And so this is yet another part of prayer. Look at number four. Another part and a word that we find in the Word of God is this matter of intercession. Intercession. Daniel chapter 9, look at verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. Now this matter of intercession, understanding what intercession is when it comes to prayer, to intercede, take the word inter, it means between. The word seed, if you look it up in the original language, it means to go. And so it deals with this matter of to go between. It carries with it the idea of coming between something or someone, to stand before someone, to get in the way in order to alter the course of action. Now again, folks, listen, I'm talking about part of your prayer life is to intercede, to make intercession to Almighty God. Intercessory prayer involves a man or a woman importuning God to turn from his fierce anger and his intent to destroy. Now let me stop there for a second because again those sound like bad things but remember God is holy and God is just and God look here the Bible says whom the Lord loves he does what to them? Chastens them right? So look, God, if we are his children, God is not going to let us sin successfully. God's going to deal with us. And there are times where God's anger is toward, you think about how many times in the Old Testament that you can read where, where the nation of Israel turned their back on God. It actually uses the word backslide. They constantly wanted this and wanted that instead of wanting the true God. And this matter of intercession prayer is an aspect of our, of, of our prayer life because there are times, listen, that we need to get between God and whoever it is that God is about to pour his anger out on. Are you guys with me tonight? 
Let me give you an example. Look what it says here in your notes, Genesis chapter 18. And this should be a familiar passage, but this is where Abraham, and I don't know if this is a good word to use or not, but Abraham, the, the Bible word is importune. If I wanted to put an English word in there, Abraham pestered God. Remember how he, you know, God was going to go in there and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, who was in Sodom and Gomorrah? Lot, right? And Abraham cared about Lot. And so this whole conversation between God and Abraham started, right? And he says, what if there's this many people, all right? Would you destroy it for this many? And then remember, every time God says, well, I wouldn't destroy it for that many people, and then he drops it five more. Well, how about that? And I'm thinking to myself, how patient and long-suffering and merciful God is to even have that conversation with Abraham, right? Most of us as dads, we'd have been like, that's it. We're, I'm not going any farther. But look at the end of the conversation there in your notes. Verse 32, and he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet but this once. Now, look, you go back and read the passage, and he's kind of alluded to that two or three or four times already. Uh, I'm not going to go anymore, but he says it again. And then it says, peradventure, now he's down to ten. Peradventure, ten should be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place. Now think about that. God, according to the word of God, through that conversation, through Abraham pestering God, you know what it was? It was Abraham making intercession. Say, Pastor, where do you get that from? Look at the word. As soon as he had left communing, he was spending time in prayer. He was beseeching God. Listen, I, I've known parents who have had a child that went wayward. And they made intercession on behalf of their child that God wouldn't pour out his anger upon that child. You with me tonight? Uh, listen, folks, I'm talking about a real prayer life. I'm talking about words that the Bible uses, and here's one of them, is this matter of intercession. We need to understand what it is, what the, what, what the Bible's talking about. And then look at the fifth uh, category of prayer, and this is one that maybe you understand the principle, maybe you've never heard it this way, it's the word imprecation, imprecation, okay? In other words, an imprecatory prayer. Now, you find in the Bible many imprecatory prayers. By the way, how many of you out of curiosity have ever heard of imprecatory prayers? Anybody? Just about three or four of us, all right? So you're in for a, you, you came to church tonight, you're going to learn something, all right? Here we go. David in the Bible and Jeremiah were two among many that actually prayed these types of prayers, imprecatory prayers, and they prayed these prayers against unbelieving Israel. Now remember, it's God's word, right? The word of God records David praying these prayers and Jeremiah praying these prayers against Israel because of their unbelief. Here's the example, Psalm 69, verse 22. 
the Bible says, let their table, listen to this, let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. That was David's prayer against Israel. Psalm 69, verse 22. Jeremiah, and again, here's just one example of many. Jeremiah 17, verse 18. Here's Jeremiah's prayer. Let them be confounded that persecute me, but let not me be confounded. Let them be, let them be dismayed, but let not me be dismayed. Bring upon them the day of evil and destroy them with double destruction. You say, boy, I finally got some ammunition. Now I can pray those kinds of prayers against people that I don't like. No, that's not what it's about. This was God allowing these prophets, these men, these individuals, it was God's heart against Israel because of their unbelief. And we find here these imprecatory prayers. Now, it's interesting because when you come to Daniel again, and it, listen to the reference, Daniel 9, 11. <laughs> Daniel 9, 11, look at it, because here's what it does. The prophet Daniel actually acknowledges what David was praying, what Jeremiah was praying. He acknowledges the curse that came upon God's people. Look what it says in Daniel 9, 11. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Did you notice Daniel included that prayer? He was a part of it. As hard as it was to swallow that pill, Daniel realized I'm a part of these people. And imprecatory prayers, here's what they are if you want to look at it. Imprecatory prayers are petitioning God to judge the wicked. It's petitioning God to judge the wicked. Now, these are five classifications of prayer that you find used in the Bible. In the Old Testament and New Testament, we've used the book of Daniel mostly tonight just to illustrate it. But again, what is prayer? Prayer is talking with God. It's asking, is, this matter of asking God is petitioning God. And we need, as, as Daniel did, to petition God. When we beg God for His divine favor, what are we doing? We're supplicating toward God. When we put ourselves between God and those that God intends to destroy, what are we doing then? We're engaging in intercessory prayer. And when we think about how we petition God to let His wrath fall on the ungodly, we are imprecating God in all of these ways. Now, the one thing that we started with was praise, remember? So when you think about all these other aspects, all of our prayer ought to always be offered before Him with praise. All of our prayer should be offered. I love what Bunyan said. Bunyan said, prayer is a sincere, sensible, affectionate pouring out of the heart or soul to God through Christ in the strength and assistance of the Holy Spirit for such things as God has promised. See, ultimately, prayer 
is the heart of man in communion with his creator. Somebody said, we cannot live physically without air, and we cannot live spiritually without prayer. Yes, sir. Well, again, it's not necessarily us wanting, I'm trying to help you understand prayer, the aspects of prayer from the Bible. When you read some of those, and there's quite a few in the Psalms, that you need to understand why those prayers are in the Word of God. I'm not saying that we should ever pray a prayer like that against someone. That's not our business. God, God is the one, he says, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. It's not us going around, but you need to be familiar when you come across it. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but has anybody ever, now that I've mentioned what it is, does it bring to mind, has anybody ever read in the Bible where you see a prayer like that and you're like, whoa, anybody ever read something like that in the Bible? If you haven't, you need to start reading your Bible and start to take notice of that. Brother Robert? Yeah, and, and I understand what you're saying, and I would just caution any of us because it's, it's not our job to be the judge and the jury. It's not our job to be God, and I understand Robert's heart. Um, a lot of times my prayer is, you know, God, get their attention before it gets to a point that is going to be very difficult for them to deal with, you know, and I'm, I'm not getting specific tonight. But, but there have been times where I've known people, but again, it, it's not up to me, just like Albert was asking. It's not for us to pray in precatory prayers. Remember, this was really God through the prophets stating what God's heart was against His people, the nation of Israel, because of their unbelief in Him. And so it, it, the reason I brought it up tonight is it's one of the classifications of prayer in the Word of God but we need to be aware of it because sometimes when you read those, I challenge you to be looking in your Bible. Don't just look for imprecatory prayers. But when you come across one of them, you're going to go, I know what that is right there. And it's God's heart against his people. By the way, I pray that God would never pray that about us. That there would never be an imprecatory prayer by someone, by a man of God against us. But, but we need to understand this. And so our heart is, is that we need to understand prayer See, prayer is living before God. It's, it's this constant communion. You, you think about what kind of prayer life did Abraham have with God that he could just keep asking God, what if there's 30? What if there's 20? I'm going to tell you something. He had a prayer life. Daniel had a prayer life. I want to have a prayer life. We need to be men and women that can go to God and we can actually praise God. We can petition God. We can offer supplication. We can make intercession. And we can understand that if God is upset, that there is this matter of imprecatory prayer. And that is something that we never want in our lives. And I hope, I hope we understand 
We'll continue, but again, this matter of praying is, is begging God to do what only God can do. And you know what I thought when I was studying this tonight, before I left my office? You remember what the disciples said to Jesus? They said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they really understood what they were asking. Because so many times for all of us, praying is very surfacy. We don't spend near enough time in prayer. And we see in the Bible what we call the model prayer. But that's all it was, is a model. It's, it, it, it's kind of a, a guideline for us to help us. And, and maybe, maybe your prayer life is what it should be that you have. Uh, I, I, I've known people that have used various things, like they use the word acts, A-C-T-S, and uh, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. That's what the, the letters stand for. And whatever it is, look, I'm going to tell you, develop a prayer life. And I, I'm praying that through these Wednesday nights, that as we take this journey about what is prayer and, and the aspects of prayer, that it'll heighten our awareness that we need to be men and women that pray, prayer warriors. I've always appreciated when people have come to me and said, Pastor, I'm praying for you. That, that really lifts my spirits, knowing that someone is praying for me. Tonight, Brother Richie needs our prayers. Tonight, his mother needs our prayers. Some of these people that aren't saved that have been mentioned tonight, they need our prayers. And we can go to God boldly and bring our petitions to Him. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for this opportunity that we have not only to study the Word of God, but also to come before You and to beg You, Lord, to beseech you, to make our petitions to you. And Lord, I pray that we would always, that our, our prayer life would always include praising you. Lord, that we would bring an offering of praise as we come before you. Now help us to be men and women that pray. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. All right, folks, have a blessed week.